Welcome one, welcome all, welcome to the goddamn Bricks in the Wall. I am your host, Juan, a.k.a. Trippy Shaman, and we have a reunion today. We have uh, the boys back in, in the studio. They haven't been here. Uh, they were out trying to get pussy or something, but um, <laughs> here we got Andrew and Chris. Chris is eating some good-ass food, some fine uh, Burger King right here. We're chilling. Uh, I got my boy on the line. Um, today's episode is pretty special. I want to talk about some interesting stuff because when I was young, I always wanted to have like a cool TV show. Because on TV, TV's stupid. Like, they they show us stuff like the Kardashians, Honey Boo Boo, and that stupidly, immensely dumb but captivating, um, what are those called? The Pawn Star shows? They're fucking, like, addicting. But it's stupid shit. Like, never things that you learn. And when I was little, all I wanted to do is watch things to learn. And this is kind of giving a shout-out to Mr. Thompson from middle school. He was a teacher I had. He was a history teacher. And he would teach us... Uh, through videos. He would put videos on, on the classroom. So when you first walked in the classroom, uh, he would have a sheet of paper on your table with a set of questions. And all the answers were in the video and you just had to pay attention. And that's how I realized that I'm a visual learner. I'm, I'm, I, I learn better when I see things and they're demonstrated visually. And people learn in all kinds of ways. Some people are visual learners. Some people can learn just by reading or hearing, and there's all kinds of methods. But uh, so yeah, I just wanted to create a show because that's what I always wanted, to learn things. Again, when I was little, I loved watching like animal documentaries and stuff. And so now, like when everything that's on TV is dumb and retarded, after I discovered podcasts like Joe Rogan, and I kept listening and listening to them, and me and my buddy Drew would talk, and we said, let's just do a podcast. So here we are. And I, and I, it's awesome because I get to curate the stuff I want to talk about or show and discuss. So today I want to talk about a subject that's very fascinating to me. It's psychedelics. Um, it's something I love talking about, but I don't do it often because I don't want to give the impression that I want everybody to do them. And it's, mm-hmm. I think, uh, like me and Drew were just talking earlier, I think they're a sacred thing. And people have just kind of used them as commodities and just a yeah. way to get fucked up sometimes, like, which, which I have done. And they've it's, abused it, it was like used it for like recreational use yeah. and not for uh, a good spiritual purpose. Right. So, so yeah, so I want to get into all of that. But today's guest is somebody I met on uh, Cyberspace on Instagram. Uh, he started liking all of my videos and my posts, and we started talking, and I, I felt like I needed to get in contact with him. So I sent him a message, and we started talking, and here we are. So today... Without further ado, I want to introduce to y'all uh, your comrade and mine's. He is Neighborhood Shaman on Instagram. How are you doing? Uh, you're Kirk, right? Yeah, Jim Kirk. Glad to be on the show. Um, Andrew and his Chris, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Yeah. Cool. Hi. Yeah, glad to be on the show, man. It's. Uh, we'll just kind of give a, a quick little uh, summary of, of, and you guys are already doing this and probably understand this, but um, it's about planting seeds. Right. You know, it, all, all it takes is one or two people to catch this podcast um, and a seed to be planted and, and a tree grows from the seeds. So we're here planting seeds this evening. Hell yeah, let's plant those seeds. But uh, how are you doing today? How's your day been going so far today, brother? Um, you know, one, one of the philosophies I kind of embody is when someone asks a question like that, the answer should always be awesome. 
Great, yeah, because some people are like, eh, it's good, okay. I like to say fantastic or just something that's going to make people be like, what? He said uh, adventurous? Yeah, like it, life is an adventure and people get so caught up in the routine and they make life so mundane and boring that it, their day is just fine. It's not like fantastic like you said. Says whatever you say it is. Right. You know, most people you find in Eastern Western cultures, oh, I'm having a crummy day. Well, of course you are, because you just said you are. Right. You know, you wake up, you stub your toe, and you say, God damn it. <laughs> and, and then you start, you know, God damn this, m motherfuck that, and, and all of a sudden you daze, you know, out of control with all this negative shit happening. Right. You, um, you get so, the ball rolling into a negativity. But uh, yeah. that actually reminds me of something John Lennon said. He said, um, my grandma would always tell me, never say you're sick. Say I'm healing, even if you're yeah. sick, because by the yeah, fact that I you're like saying that. I'm sick, you're repeating it to your mind and you're kind of staying in that loop. So say I'm healing instead mm -hmm. of I'm sick. And thus the, the, the ener your, 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 your energy and, and on top of that, the atoms and all the molecules, they're all rearranging themselves into a pattern that basically um, uh, um, contributes to more sickness. Right. Well, that, that's an interesting, let's hang on that for a sec. Um, cymatics, the study of how sound affects things. Right, yeah. Have yeah. you seen those videos where they take, you know, a dish of water and, and yeah. play certain, certain melodies and sounds. Mm -hmm. They form patterns, like a turtle shell pattern. Mm -hmm. um, there's, and, and then if you take that and put a little cornstarch in the water, that thing actually starts looking like an organism moving around on a petri dish, right? Mm -hmm. Sound. Wow. So we we really are just almost melodies within nature that have formed because of these harmonic uh, resonances, and um, we can get a little bit more into this with you know the the, the topic of uh, Eastern spirituality and stuff but yeah, yeah life's a trip for sure yeah i'm actually having a guy who's like a professional in cymatics in a couple of weeks and yeah i didn't even know that about the cornstarch but yeah we can even go okay, deeper that, yeah this, the cornstarch one is trippy because it you can see how something comes from nothing just based on you know life really is music and and mm -hmm. pattern um coming into existence like that so i mean it's all it's all energy being being transferred um uh, according to Albert Einstein's law, energy can't be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred, you know. So, um, I mean, yeah, it, it's basically a transfer of energy. And I think that's why, you know, if, you, if anybody wants to heal or cure depression, man, what you do is go out into the forest, into the wilderness. The sounds, the natural sounds of the birds chirping, etc., um, you know, that's that's um that's a, a natural frequency for your body to, to heal uh, to heal your body as opposed to like uh not saying that heavy metal music is like god awful but um i remember reading some vague posts some blog posts and it made a lot of sense about how and while we talk about this a lot bro how like the, the hertz the freak and bro you probably know this too heard about herps and the frequency of music and, and how over the past decades um, it's been modified um, because um, you know certain sounds or hertz or frequency they distort our, uh, our, our, our signature and our energy. Absolutely. Right, so, uh, so today's episode uh, for some people who are listening might be a little controversial 
and people might tune out because we're going to be talking about drugs. And to some people, that has a connotation to them that when yeah. they hear that, they're like, oh, these bunch of drug heads just talking about uh, wasting their time or their life. But no, there's something definitely to it. And to kind of maybe reel people in, I want to play this video. It's about six minutes long. Uh, it's by Ter it's uh, posted by James Dearden Bush. And uh, I I'm going to put it on the show, show notes, but um, this is called Terrence McKenna, The Challenge. So I hope that people, this is a druggie, but he's a, a, basically a philosopher and a scientist. And just listen to the way he talks, and this is called The Challenge. So check this out. to be sick, it begins to produce antibodies or strategies for overcoming the condition of dis-ease. And the 20th century is an enormous effort at self-healing. Phenomena as diverse as surrealism, body piercing, psychedelic drug use, sexual permissiveness, jazz, experimental uh, dance, rave culture, tattooing, the list is endless. What do all these things have in common? They represent various styles of rejection of linear values. The society is trying to cure itself by an archaic revival, by a reversion to archaic values. So when I see people manifesting sexual ambiguity or scarifying themselves or showing a lot of flesh or dancing to syncopated music or getting loaded or violating ordinary canons of sexual behavior, I applaud all of this because it's an impulse to return to what is felt by the body, what is authentic, what is archaic. And when you, when you tease apart these archaic impulses, at the very center of all these impulses is the, the desire to return to a world of magical empowerment of feeling. And at the center of that impulse is the shaman, stoned, intoxicated on plants, speaking with the spirit helpers, dancing in the moonlight, and vivifying and invoking a world of conscious living mystery. That's what the world is. The world is not an unsolved problem for scientists or sociologists. The world is a living mystery. Our birth, our death, our being in the moment, these are mysteries. They are doorways opening on to unimaginable 
you could hear that pretty good kurt did you catch that yeah i sure did see that's amazing i've I've probably watched this video like 60 times and it's just one of those things that this is the perfect basically the perfect commercial for psychedelics and not only psychedelics because if you were paying attention he, he speaks of this it's this thing where you can it's an experience where you can transcend your 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 limited self and it's not only through psychedelics. Athletes or musicians, all professionals who are really into their game talk about this moment that when they're really into their art or really into what they're doing, they kind of have that ego death. Do you know about the ego death, I'm sure? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Could you explain to us what is the ego death? Of when, when, what is ego death that somebody experiences when they're on psychedelics? Well, I, I guess if we're going to go ego, let's let's kind of talk about uh, the root of ego and, and where it comes from. Um, the root of what? Sorry. The root of ego. I mean, we're kind of in culture, and, and I, first off, I can't stray too far away from King McKenna because that's my guy. Um, I, you know, most people, you know, if they're driving or, or whatnot, or have a radio station on or some music. I have Alan Watts or Terrence McKenna on. Right. Um, and, they both have just great stuff. Um, I subscribe to pretty much everything Terrence McKenna uh, says. He was maybe a hair out there on his end of the world 2012 stuff. Um, but that's that's kind of a different story. But um, yeah, Terrence McKenna, if you have not listened to Terrence McKenna, he's one of the brighter minds that have ever walked the earth. Right. Really sharp guy, obviously a super sharp tongue. Mm -hmm. um, trippy voice is kind of what got him popular. Mm -hmm. um, but he, he traveled around the colleges and gave talks on this stuff. Yeah. During a time when, when psychedelics were were uh, beginning to be frowned on. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Terrence McKenna, if, if you haven't checked it out, at least listen to a couple of, of his things. Um, Mushrooms was, was kind of his his holy grail and uh but dmt and lsd were, were definitely part of the arsenal as well mm -hmm. uh, but the ego i mean it's it's who you're you're looking in the mirror and, and who you identify yourself with it's a name it's 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 an act um it's it's a mask you put on when you leave your front door right and and it's got so many that everything's got layers and and all we can do is perceive and and, and make some basic assumptions. You shouldn't strive for for conclusions, but you should at least have a methodology in place that, that at least gets you somewhere where you are able to change your your knowledge base. Um, but I, I guess I'll tell a quick story. Imagine a world, and, and this was this was a large part of human history without mirrors. Right. Imagine a world without mirrors and, and how you identify with yourself differently. Mm -hmm. Instead of, you know, you being important, it's, it's the tribe being important. Mm -hmm. um, so ego's a totally different thing in that kind of world. Um, obviously, we've come a long way since, since Grasslands of Africa, 
and you have to have some form of an ego. So you put food in your mouth instead of, you know, putting food in other people's mouth and, and not feeding yourself. So obviously there's some aspect to it that you have to identify with. Mm-hmm. But if, I mean, if there's one thing wrong with this world, and if you ask me to boil it down to one thing, it, it is the male ego. And that, and that doesn't just take place in, in males. And a female can have a male ego as well, and, and in many cases, they do. I have to interrupt, sorry, because yeah. uh, we, we had an episode that was talking about this. I don't, I don't know if I disagree, or maybe I'm not understanding exactly what you're saying, but I think there is something to the male uh, not the ego, I guess the male, the, what represents the male, a, a strong leader who protects his family and the tribe. I think there, that there's something. Absolutely. And, and again, it, all, all we can do is kind of, see, the problem is, and Terrence McKenna has a great talk on this, but it's like we box things up into words. And, and uh, it's actually interesting if, you know, a couple hundred years ago, the English language had about five times as many words. Oh, so, we, so we've gotten dumber. Talking. And so they simplified it, which, you know, if you want to take a conspiracy view to that, it's, it's taken out words so that we can only form thoughts in, in certain ways. Yeah. 1984. Yeah. He talks a lot about that in the book. Um, that we're able to, to comprehend because of that. But um, anyway, so yeah, what, what I mean by male ego is, um, I mean, it can be said a lot of ways, but this is my land. You cannot come on my land. This is my food. This is my woman, not yours. Right. And sure, I listen. Sometimes walls have to be put up, and sometimes you have to protect your family, and you got to do those things. And and you know that's all right. But you go outside, and, and what are you worried about? You're worried about how you appear to someone else. Mm-hmm. You're worried about getting yours, right. and, and out competing someone else. And, and listen, I I played college football. I I've been in the bigger, you know, I, I did steroids in college and that amplified uh, the male ego even more. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I started recognizing some of this stuff and I'm um, seeing it a little clearer because I could feel it. And so it's, it's one of those things that until you really are able to uh, recognize it and see it, you know, it's, we're li- we live in a culture where we're taught to, you know, have an ego right. and go out and, and, uh, you know, buy yourself things. I, uh, listen, on paper, capitalism looks great. You know, problem is, it, it, when you start putting in these commercials where you're selling stuff to people that are subconsciously buying in, you know, you, you start getting yourself in a mess. But um, we're taught to, to to pleasure ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. To to work all day in a caffeinated environment, which is also a drug. Right. It's and a sanctioned drug. Have to come home and drink alcohol, yep. which is probably the worst drug in the law. And what's the what's alcohol do? That boosts this male ego. How many fights did, did you guys? You guys college 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 folk? Uh, I I went for a little bit, but no, not really. Oh, total waste of time and money, <laughs> if you ask me. But um, yeah, I mean, think about colleges across the across the country, across the world. What happens? What's the drug of choice? Alcohol. Right. How many fights? Happening in college, you're shitload of parties. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a party where everyone's just smoking weed. No one's fighting. Right. Um, hey, yeah, so true, true. different aspects of different drugs, but um, yeah, I mean the male ego is is an issue because we're we're not looking out for the tribe. We're looking out for that person in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And like, imagine now, like you were saying, imagine a world without mirrors. 
Now imagine a world with extra mirrors like phones. People now have the ability to reflect on themselves, not only through like the camera, but to see themselves in the past, in pictures, in posts, and then to compare that to other people's lives and then you pull yourself down. It's like not just yeah. a mirror, now it's a mirror inside, kind of. It's, it's a psychological mess we're in. Right. Um, obviously, social media is mainly, I mean, I, I don't, I've never looked at, you know, numbers on this or if it's even been studied but you know you look at like and not this and I, I love girls okay i love girls to death but what do girls post about they post pictures in the mirror selfies right. guys do too and you see the guys working out at gym with their shirts off and then afterwards you know in nice lighting so they can broadcast this who they are in this male ego presence right but yeah social media is highly addicting uh, but it is a valuable tool it's one of those things, it's like a hammer. I could kill someone with a hammer, or I could put a nail in and, and make a cool table or something. Right. Yeah, it's how you use it. Yeah, Current. and the problem is, though, it's you're not taught, you know, how you can use it correctly. And, you know, the powers that be want us to be caught up in this kind of, uh, you know, subliminal who we are and how are we going to advertise ourselves so we're not worrying about the more important stuff, unfortunately. Kurt, how would you, uh, how would you resolve the male ego? What, um, what are, um, F, uh, how would you resolve you, the male you ego? You make people aware of it, and you, you somehow fashionably make it unfashionable, uh, which it is. I mean, but like in terms of like, in terms of like, get rid of it. Rid of it like, <laughs> in terms of like, get rid of it, because you know, obviously, we were talking about social media, and yeah, it's all po uh, popularized. This whole age of narcissism, uh, taking a selfie, etc. But yeah, get rid of it. Realize it. Become aware of it. And get rid of it. Because yeah, you know, social media, it's all put on a platform, so people will become aware of it, and boom. If psychedelics were put on a platform on Facebook, then hey, psychedelics will be the you know, the norm, but yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I get rid of it. Um, yeah. Okay. And again, that's it. If you had to boil it down to like a couple of words, it's probably the best, you know, couple of words to pin it on, but mm -hmm. there's the whole shitload of stuff wrong with the world. Um, but I'm optimistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're like, we're at the garden party at the end of time. Mm -hmm. This is what shocks me. No one talks about, <laughs> excuse me, talks about um, like things are wrapping up pretty quick. Time yeah. is moving faster, and we're either like gonna reach some some crazy state of, of living forever, uh, you know, through a solving of you know a, an aging gene or a, an upload into a cloud, or um, you know we're going away from traditional you know views on on life and death. We're reaching a point in technology where it's transhumanism. You know, what what do you? Flux got Moore's law with, with stuff and it speeds up as it speeds up so it's like shit keeps going faster but what do you uh, think about that Kirk what is your opinion on transhumanism or like transferring your consciousness into something else so like AI technology Absolutely. well um, I'll, I'll throw out some Terrence McKenna stuff and I'll tell you what I think um, Terrence McKenna saw it as a as an evolution of, of the planet of a guy in mind and, and what he meant by that was is um, we were we are we're literally chosen of all the animals to to organize stuff in the ground to become conscious and aware. You know, what are computers? We're taking crystals and metals out of the earth, 
putting them in certain patterns, you know, running energy through the, through, through the wires, and, and boom, now we've got this unique in, intelligence, um, and AI is, is a real threat. The smartest people on this planet are, are worried about AI. I mean, Elon Musk, he says, ah, man, if there's one thing I'm really scared about, it's waking yeah. up and, and finding a world taken over by AI. Yeah. But see, like, <clears throat> this is what me and I, I think Drew and, and we kind of have the same idea that, well, yes, it sounds beautiful and amazing that we can evolve and become greater technolo technologically, but what me and Andrew contend is that this is the path that the New World Order and yeah. that supposedly the Antichrist and the Illuminati, this is what For they sure. want. Yeah, it's not really evolving if you ask. Yeah, I think it's, it's devolving. More like, it's more like, yeah. Right, but if you looked at it from a grander scale, because listen, 99% of all species have resigned from this place. Mm -hmm. Right. It's really hard to make it long term as a species. But now if you consider if, if we have a, uh, a computer based intelligence made of minerals in the Earth's crust, well, now we've evolved to a species that can transcend time. Well, check this out, because I saw this movie last week. It's called The Beyond. And it's basically a huge commercial for the New World Order. But what they say in this movie, what they do is they figure out how to transfer consciousness and they move the elite, get their mind and they transfer it into like this superhuman robot that's indestructible. It lives forever. Um, it doesn't need to breathe. Um, it's basically a superhuman body. But when they do that, they're in these machines that can also have information fed into them. So you're basically an automaton or a robot. And this is like what me and Andrew believe is the total opposite of what we're here for. We're creations yeah. of God that are have to supposed to have free will and, and do what we want. But like if we are moving toward this transhuman age where we're in robots or machines, that just leaves us open to be manipulated by the people who are creating or controlling. I agree. I, I mean, nature, nature's laws are kind of out of control of, of the powers that be, where <laughs> some of these new virtual realities coming out, you know, but... Uh, Google and whatnot, like the, the more the rules and the scripting is in someone else's hands. The more the more we indulge in, into this AI stuff, the more we indulge into this AI stuff, I think the more depressed we'll get because because then we we move away further from from natural biology, from Mother Nature, from the forest, from, from the wilderness. We 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 forget who we really are that we were made from dirt. Or that you know we were made from like natural substance, but I mean with this AI technology, um, with this with, with this age of singularity, I think only people at the very top of the hierarchy, um, the, the powers that be. I think this so this this technology they have will be only available to them because um, what these powers that be, um, they're their secret society that, that they follow is that they believe in the Kabbalah or, or the Gnostic lie or to them to them it's the truth but I think that they're deceived into believing that they're all gonna live forever through through transhumanism and also through um, um, the whole infamous Alistair Crowley uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, young uh, uh, young blood you know, uh, you know, some drinking young, fresh blood, and not so through, through not so through transhumanism, these powers that be believe.
But I think they're deceived into believing that they'll live forever. Because um, that's what the serpent, that that's what the eye of Ra uh, supposedly promised the, his, his followers, the, the New World Order, that, hey, the powers that be will live forever. Um, and then the rest of us, uh, middle class, uh, the 500 million people left on Earth, after everybody gets depopulated, after they wipe out all of the conservatives, Christians, or people who are a threat to the New World Order, the people left here on Earth, they're not going to have access. I mean, you know, they're not going to experience that. I think that that whole AI technology, it's being promoted as a way to like desensitize people into getting a microchip. That's making technology really cool. You know, so, so now people start, they're on the phones, more people are using their phones to pay at the, at the cash register. Now people will get the, the microchip implanted, vaccines, because um, all of that, that is a form, that is all a form of transhumanism. And so once you promote the idea that it's cool, that AI technology and submerging it's a, natural yeah. biology. It's here, man. I mean, look at our phones. I mean, yeah. people are you go in a restaurant, no one's like looking at each other in the eyes, having conversations. Mm -hmm. They're on phones. Right. I, yeah. I mean, it, we've already merged. I mean, we're, we're halfway through the process. You know, Neuralink with, with Musk and stuff is the next step with something actually inside of us. But, yeah, it's here. Um, I, I don't agree with it either. I, I don't think it's going to be possible personally. But then you have, like, Ray Kurzweil. You know, most smart people would say up there in the list of smartest people. Where he's 66, 67, and uh, he believes he's going to live forever with if and his basic thinking on this, and he makes good points, which is if in 20 years we've progressed X amount in healthcare and technology where he can buy another 10 years, well then hopefully by in that 10 years they've progressed even further, which buys them another 15, 20, which then to some point there's some breakthrough and he lives forever. Um, and so that's, that's in the real near future, really complicated read. Uh, his book, The Singularity, um, yeah, but it is an interesting one. Um, I, I personally believe in a, in a spiritual path or journey, and that's what this is, and I don't yeah. see that working with, the, with that concept of, of yeah. a you know, uh, computer-based you know, interface with, with reality. I just don't think it works that way, but yeah. some of the smartest cats out there do, so it's interesting. The cons, uh, sorry, go, uh, go ahead. The cons of this AI technology far outweigh the pros, and um, tampering with, with nature and just you know uh, DNA and biology, uh, what's what's natural. Um, I think that that there will be uh, repercussions to to face with this. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, even Stephen Hawking sound, sounded the alarm with, with with robots and stuff like that. And you know, we got a lot of movies out there on Netflix. Uh, I was telling the guys I saw a Replica with Keanu Reeves the other day. Yeah. It was all about that, bro. But his wife, you know, uh, and and just like so, I believe kind of what um, what Terrence McKenna said in this video. You know, sometimes whenever uh, us men, whenever we're being too rational, logical. Um, um, I mean, to me, I, I think rash, uh, being rational and logical, it, that's always the best, best, best way to go. But sometimes, including uh, specifically women, our uh, female counterpart, 
they have a good good intuition. You know, they're really sensible and so forth. So it makes sense how in that movie, Keanu Reeves, you know, he was like a well world renowned doctor. He was figuring out how to implant consciousness into like something else, like make people live forever. But the movie is all about the 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 the, uh, the uh, repercussions. You know, tampering with Mother Nature and Keanu Reeves. His his wife in the movie was like, well, do you th really think this is a good idea? I mean, what about your moral code or the ethics, right? But uh, yeah, that, there's a lot of movies out there. So yeah, this this this. Movie, I'm just gonna drop one because it's worth a watch if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's Johnny Depp, and it's called Transcendence. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. I love that movie. That's yeah. a good one because that's the one side of this I I can play with, which is he was able to do all this good stuff. Mm. from some other dimension for the planet for everyone mm -hmm. yeah because of this this gained intelligence that that was able to be uploaded into uh you know uh, uh something outside of this reality in a computer so there is mm -hmm. good that can be used with technology uh while we're on this i'll just listen i i'll, I'll say i'll say this I, i've had a pretty serious relationship with the mushroom for better <laughs> i thought you were about to say with the long-term girlfriend right? <laughs> um, and i i used it because i thought there might be a way to to find solutions to things from that and there is and and there's the, uh the intelligent species below the ground or mm. the intelligent species above the ground mm. um and and they've said to me on multiple occasions so I, you know i, I just want to i asked i said hey man what, what do we need to do? How can we fix some of this stuff? What are we even doing here? What, what is meaning? What is purpose? Right. Yeah, that's what I... The, the, this is the mushroom's take on it, is that we were hand-selected by nature to wield technology to protect the planet. What's the one thing that, can, that shows up every you know, 60 million years and wreaks havoc? big rocks flying through the sky, right? Mm -hmm. And we are at a point now where we can defend the entire biosphere. Yeah. Now, now how much further from that it goes and, and how it's used in negative ways, I, I mean, it's it's infinitum, but it that's a good way to look at it, that there is reason, there is purpose for us getting to this point. Mm -hmm. Listen, we have things really good. We have toilets, we have heat. First off, you should all practice gratitude every day. Yeah. Because we are extremely lucky. We, we're on the tip of the iceberg. We're, we're living in you know a, a country where, where we can have a podcast and talk about this stuff. Um, there, there's a lot of stuff going wrong with the world, but, but listen, express your gratitude. There's a lot of crummy places. The end of the world has already started in most of the world. <laughs> we mm -hmm. just don't, aren't showing it or it's not you know, talked about very much, but... Um, we're here, we're, we're literally in, in the craziest time, which makes you wonder, what are the odds of being here now, right before the end of history, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's just, it's, it, it's interesting. So I'm just going to move on and, and give you a basic concept here to chew on. I've been a person throughout history. I'm you. You're me. When I die, I'm the same thing you become when you die. Mm -hmm. We're just reflections of each other. Yeah. And we're able to experience the world from different points, um, different nodes. Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're different faces of the Brahman. So it's, it, it, 
we've been everybody throughout history, and that would explain the coincidence of being here now. But that's a, a spiritual belief, and I'm not sure exactly where I was going with that. But that, just so you understand, I, I think I'm talking to myself just with a, a different face and with different experiences. And we should combine experiences to try to make progress. Right. Um, and, and that's what podcasts and stuff like this are. That's what planting seeds is about. That there is something to life. You, you taught to grow, go to school, go, go to college, and get a job. Man, you know, human beings aren't supposed to sit at an 8-to-5 job every yeah. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not meant to go home and play video games. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's, it's a, and, and so it, there's some messed up stuff going on, but before anything truly beautiful happens, like, there's some struggle. Right. You know, there's some scar that if you walked around the corner and never had experienced someone giving birth, you'd think havoc was happening. Mm-hmm. There's blood. There's screaming. But then this beautiful, you know, life form comes out. So it's going to get uglier before it gets worse. How ugly depends on us. And we do have some, some form of a choice in that uh, here at the end of time. Right. And so this is why me and Andrew, and I always think about this, is we can all agree that the world is kind of going to shit and we have uh, problems in all kinds of sectors, technology, uh, asteroids, uh, volcanic eruptions. And so like my thing that I always think about and why I wanted to talk about this today is because I thought about this for a long time. How do we change the world into a better place? And my thing is always education. Imagine we lived in a world where teachers, we had the best teachers and they were, they were paid like doctors and children were actually taught to cooperate, to meditate, to plant, uh, to raise their own food and have their own animals, to basically to be a successful individual. But we're taught the opposite. Mm-hmm. So, my, so one of the things that I like to talk about is psychedelics, is I re- truly feel like if we were uh, a, com- a humanity that appreciated them and saw them for their power and their worth, we could transform the world within a week. If, if, if we could just have a world where people were taught about these things and warned and had a good set and setting and had all the proper things to have kind of an, an initiation for people to, to this world of, of psychedelics and the spiritual world, essentially. So what I want to ask you is, when was your first psychedelic experience or when did you first hear about them and, and started you down this path? Smokes, man, you could get me talking all night on, on psychedelics, but uh, to touch on something right before that and, and then we can move to psychedelics. Um, schooling right now is a, is a methodology of, of telling a kid what the answer is to a question. So then when the test comes, that kid, oh, yeah, I remember that part in the textbook where it said this is that. And so there, we, we need to teach more creativity, and we would solve things quicker. You know, mm-hmm. and instead we're losing creativity subjects. You know, there's less and less art and... Um, so, so that's where education is definitely a, a part to this fix. Psychedelics are the only thing I've seen change someone fast enough to make a difference at the end of time. Because mm-hmm. we're in the final stretch. The next hundred years, we're either going to make it or break it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you have to have enough engagement from, from the population to, to steer things in the right direction. Yeah. It'll snowball either way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can snowball for, for the good, it can snowball for the bad. Um, but psychedelics, I'm telling you, they're going to have a major role to play here in history. Mm-hmm. Um, so with shamanism and, 
in different places around the world. Every corner of it has, has a taste of it. The coming of age, you know, into manhood or into womanhood mm-hmm. entails their first psychedelic trip. Or, and some of that is paired with a, a trip out in nature alone, right. which is a, a psychedelic thing in and of itself, um, well, which is something, you know, is a, a hair safer for people scared uh, of psychedelics. But the reason people are, so just to give you some background, I, I, I turn people on if they want to be turned on, and, and I kind of provide a, a psychedelic hotel in a sense. And I really strict rules of doing it because it's, it's obviously a touchy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I have some pretty, pretty rigged stuff that I say, hey, man, you have to at least do things, these things my way if you're going to do it at my place with, with the stuff I'm giving you. And, and yeah. you come to find that the reason most people are so afraid of psychedelics is because of this ego we had talked about. They're afraid of losing that ego. They identify with that ego. They don't know what's out besides that ego. And so, once it's, if you guys, have any of you jumped out of an airplane? No. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge skydive guy. I love it. I, it. And I always look back and I'm like, my first jump was, was the best because I was so afraid. I was so afraid to jump out of it. And sometimes you just have to jump and just let the experience happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something when you do psychedelics. That's a, you know, a, a mentality you have, have to have going in. Okay, let's talk bad trips, because that's the first thing that comes up. Well, okay, talk me through a bad trip scenario. What do I do? And, and is there anything I can do to, to stay clear of those? And I say, hey, if a bad trip comes, embrace it. You know, embrace it like a good friend, because it's meant to happen. You, you need, and if you have a really strong ego, you're going to have a couple of bad trips and that's going to be the process of, of kicking it out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let's talk about what, what psychedelics we're referring to here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about drugs in general, because again, if we look at words and definitions, drugs is like the category above psychedelics. So drugs are, let, let's just say, things that alter our body so we feel differently. Caffeine blocks the feeling of tiredness so we can... We feel like we have more energy, but really it's just blocking the feeling of tiredness. Mm-hmm. Alcohol slows nerve transmissions down in the brain. So, so these are all processes in the body that happen and then result in a feeling or an experience. So everything's a drug. A piece of food is a drug. The, the air outside is a drug. Everything's a drug. So you know, people's definition of drugs are, are inaccurate when tobacco and alcohol probably kill more people than all the other drugs combined. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that, you know, they market to us. So I've done pretty much every drug under the sun in pretty much every fashion. Mushrooms and DMT are, are the chosen cho- uh, chosen ones at, at this point and have been for quite a while. They're in nature. There's a history of usage. Uh, DMT is the oldest found with a, a South American shaman about 4,000 BC. He had a little pipe with DMT loaded. They found his mummified body in the, you know, in the snow type thing. So it's been used for a long time and, and there's no negative consequences as far as we can tell. Or otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be continued to be used. You know, some of this newer stuff, ketamine and whatnot, that's a ketamine trip, but 
it's not something that we have long, you know, a history of using or, or you know, using shamanism. But the mushrooms are basically another form of, of, an, intel, of an intelligent species. And it, you got to understand, the mushroom is just the fruiting body of a huge organism under the ground. Mm-hmm. Mycelium, right? It's like a brain. There's more connections in a in a chunk of land of of mycelium, and there is connections in the brain. Mm-hmm. So if, if you want to call intelligence how many connections the brain makes, uh, the mushroom's more intelligent than us, and I, I do believe it is. Mm-hmm. Now, with that said, it, it chose to go under the ground and form symbiotic relations with everything, and they're at the bottom of the food chain, which is smart. They're not worrying about where they're going to get their food from. Everything brings the food to it. Uh, in the evolutionary timeline of things, we evolved to have a stomach inside our body. They evolved to have a stomach on the outside. You know, the entire skin of the mycelium can absorb and transfer nutrients. So it's actually quite brilliant with what it does. Um, and so anyway, the, the mushroom is a two to three hour trip. If ingested just the normal way, I'm going to go with Terrence McKenna's line and, and say it, you know, it, you should aim for a heroic dose. You have less chance of a bad trip on a heroic dose than you do a, a, a minor threshold dose. But if you're not quite, if you're not quite all the way there, and you're still kind of identifying with ego and in your where you're at and stuff, like you can get trapped in some ugly spots. So, mm-hmm. err on the side of more rather than less, and that should be pretty much if you're. Let's say if you're 170 pounds, 180 pounds, that should be five to 10 grams, which oh, is a decent amount of mushrooms. And that's because you're saying that uh, when people don't take enough, they don't go all the way through to have that ego death, with, which I believe is what people need to kind of like shake them awake. Could, could you tell us what the ego death is? Uh, I mean, it's in, in, you know, we'll talk a little bit more with lucid dreaming in, in, in a bit here, but... Um, Listen, I'll just go back and, and say I, I've been there. I've been the guy that's you know, looked in the mirror at myself and, and flexed and, and you know thought, man, I pull all the pussy I want. Like you know, I'm the man. You know, I, once I started doing mushrooms, it, it was a gradual process, and there's been some some hiccups. But I realized right away, the first time I did it was a, a concert situation. Well, right? what'd you go see? What'd you About, go? Um, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't a concert. What it was was we have a, uh, it's called the Cuth- Cuthbert Theater. I guess it was a concert. I-, I don't know who it was. It was just some, like, you know, bluegrass thing or something. I-, I can't remember. It was a long time ago, but, see, I'm 32 now. That was 16 years ago, mm. 17 years ago. Um, and and I-, I choose to have a very selective memory. And for whatever the reason, I, I knew right away, though, that my life was going to be involved with this thing. Um, I saw it as a, as a tremendous tool that's been lied to us about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's such a cringe topic, magic mushrooms. It's almost mocked in, you know, in, in its cringeness. But it really is the, the one drug, the, the one you know, thing that we can consume that is a sacrament of, of some sense. 
Um, I was born and raised Catholic, and, and I consider myself a recovering Catholic now, which is kind of a good way to put it. Um, anyway, they believe when you walk up the line and, and have communion that, that you're ingesting, you know, the body of God. And, and they take that literally in, in Catholicism. But anyway, I felt like to. Because when I ingest the sacrament of the mushrooms, I actually feel something. I actually are in, you know, being stimulated to, to think and feel differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use it as a tool and I background in, in science and medical college degree in, in human kinesiology and, and big microscope guy. And I, I, I felt that life can be better understood through, you know, examination and, and to, to, to some extent it can, and I've moved away from that, but mushrooms are the same thing to psychology as the telescope is to astronomy, mm-hmm. how the microscope is to biology. And, and you know, all the big players in, in psychedelics have said similar things to this. That, But first and foremost, it's got to be respected because it's the most powerful thing I've ever experienced and, and I think can be experienced other than death. And death might just be like one big psychedelic trip. Um, but I'm telling you, a, a high dose mushroom trip, sure DNT comes on quick and hits hard and it, it doesn't last very long, but it, it, there's a sharp peak in it, but man, 10 plus grams of mushrooms and I, man, it, it, it if you got, have everyone here on the show, have you guys all done mushrooms? Yeah. Okay. Have you guys done high dose? I have. Okay. I mean, if you've done high dose mushrooms, you, there's nothing more out there that feels this, you know, it's so different, so out there. Mm-hmm. And, and ego death, sure, it's a part of it. Um, and I think it's mainly because we, we're examining it from a different layer of our, our subconscious. See, I, consciousness is strange because most of what we do throughout the day, we're not even conscious of. And we get in patterns and, and we just do to do and... Mm-hmm. And we don't, you know, think uh, about. We're all being led by our subconscious mind for the you got most something part. To say on that? Yeah, we're all being led by our subconscious mind for the most part. Everything is on autopilot. Yeah, but the subconscious part. basically controls eighty to ninety percent of our daily routine. Yes. Which, yes. which is dangerous because your yeah. subconscious is always being fed all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. TV, etc. Yeah. It's just it's it's crazy to think that. And we're the only, I think we're the only country or, or, you know, I, I don't know if it's the only one or there's a couple others, but that can advertise uh, prescriptions yeah. on, on television, right? Mm-hmm. Which is basically, you know, like you said earlier, it's like the whole concept of, of sickness. And, and, you know, every year they talk about, or at least two years ago, from then back, everyone talked about the seasonal flu. You're going to get it, so go get your vaccine. Obviously now the seasonal flu has somehow gone away, and yet COVID has replaced it. Um, but but anyway, it's, it, this, it, once you identify that the subconscious is really grounded thing, that I feel like mushrooms grabs that and wakes it up and shakes it. You know, like when you shake a Christmas tree, a bunch of needles fall out, mm-hmm. and it light you kind of lightens it and gets all the junk out. I hope some spiders and shit fall out of that tree when you're pulling it home. You, you need to shake things up. Um, we have a, we have basically a, a, 
a castle of Legos for a knowledge base, where you've got little Lego blocks of knowledge that you've picked up from past experiences, from your parents, from schooling. And you, you reach a point in psychedelics where you realize that you have to start re-examining each of those blocks because it, either psychedelics isn't, isn't talked about because they know that that is going to increase, you know, consciousness and, and change the world in, in a way that they don't want. Or we're just so far removed from it that they just don't want to mess with it because they don't know. But I'll go back in history and, and, and walk you through this. And uh, this is Terrence McKenna's thing, not mine, but I 100% buy into it. And it's called Stone Date Theory. And it, it goes back to a point in history about 200,000 years ago when Africa and the heart of Africa was all rainforest. And, and we were primitive apes pulling fruits from trees. That's what we were. And uh, over time, climate change happened, forests retreated into grasslands and valleys. And we slowly moved down from the canopy of the trees and grasslands and we started to stand upright so that we could see further over the horizon. The trees weren't in the way. And instead of picking fruits, we found out, man, there's a shitload of calories in that big primitive cow over there. Mm -hmm. so, so we started herding primitive cattle and an interesting thing happened so there's a change in the diet well let's, let's talk about this so you've got these little these hunter-gatherer tribe systems where, where you know the men go out on their hunt and they're gone for a couple of days and they bring back a big piece of meat you got organs you got you know you got so many calories so densely packed together Something we had never had in, in history before that. Um, you know, we were just munching on grasses and, and fruits up in the trees. So we had this, this new um, change in diet. And so this is where we see symbolism of the cow, you know, reflected in the earliest religions of the golden cow, you know, with the Moses story, mm -hmm. India and their holy cow. And it's, it, and it's like, well, why is that? And, and so this story kind of plays into this. So we're following around herding these cattle. We're, I mean, that's our livelihood. That's our God at the time. Well, what grows in the dung of ungulate animals like, like primitive cattle, which, which ungulate animals are multi-stomached animals, uh, you know, where they got six or seven stomachs the grass goes through. And I don't know exactly the reasons behind that, but for whatever reason, psilocybin mushrooms grow in that dung. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking for scat to track these big animals, we've got, you know, it, it, in the rainforest, psilocybin cubensis growth as big as a pancake. It's, it's big and meaty. It would have naturally been uh, tested for, for a food source. Mm -hmm. and, and it's good. Mushrooms are tasty. They're fleshy, right? They, um, uh, I, some people don't prefer the, the taste of dried mushrooms. I, I think they're good. They're kind of salty, crunchy. My, my dog loves them. It's your dog? Um, so, and animals eat them. And so it's one of those things. We would have naturally come across them, and it's the dung of this holy animal. So we would have assumed it was good. And so what happens, you have this self-selection process where, you know, throughout history, it, something works and continues or doesn't work and dies off. And 
the psilocybin using tribes would have outbred the non-psilocybin using tribes on several levels. Why? Why do you think that is? What what factors? What does a mushroom bring to the to the people who were taking yeah. them? Yeah, you ready for it, man? Um, so low dose. God, man, I I I can't believe I'm blanking, but I forgot the scientist's name. But 72, I think 1972, maybe 62. Um, before they threw the lid over all psychedelics, there was some studies done, and on low dose psilocybin, edge detection is improved mm -hmm. so so they had a test where they, imagine two metal bars in front of you mm -hmm. and they had a a, um, a a person watching the bars and, and then someone behind the curtain cranked a device and the bars slowly bowed and the guy was supposed to hit the bell when he noticed that they were bowing yeah that they weren't straight and parallel anymore and this ones under the psilocybin low dose we're talking 0.5 to one and a half grams, real low dose, like you're like a micro dose in today's language. Um, so edge detection's improved. If edge detection's improved and you're on the grasslands throwing spears at things, well, you got a better shot of pulling down a big animal and feeding the family. Mm -hmm. So you've got that step there. So the those that use the mushroom were naturally bringing in more food. And so over time, without breed in that fashion. So what happens on the slightly higher dose? You know, and I, when we're talking three to six grams, there's always an erotic moment in mushroom trips where you do feel the urge to have sex. And so if, you know, if, if that's in part of that progression of the mushroom use, well, then they're gonna outbreed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the other ones, and so the psilocybin users. Uh, so I, I believe in history there was a time when, when once a week that church or that mass, that consumption of a sacrament was done as a tribe together, mm -hmm. and the crowd be humped in a heap half the night. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and it wasn't then my child and your child, it was the child of the tribe, mm -hmm. because you didn't know who the father was. Right, which at, again, morality aside, it that's a whole another combo. But it's like no, most animals are non-monogamous. <laughs> like, what are human beings? I, you know, it's kind of a strange one. But um, so anyway, the, it was a communion or a sacrament performed by the tribe because it's this crazy thing that came from this revered animal. So for uh, a few hundred thousand years. And during this time, I will say this is this explosion in frontal cortex everyone talks about. So it's like if you look back throughout evolution or evolutionary biology, you can study through fossils and stuff how fast organs have grown or reduced, you know, like the appendix is like an organ you don't need anymore. So it's slowly getting smaller. The brain got really big, really fast when we made this transition onto the grasslands. And, and it's like history fell really quick. So we're, we're in this holy sacrament with the cow and the mushroom. And what happens? Where does it go? Why aren't we still doing this? Well, climate change happens. Same factors that pulled us out of the trees into the grasslands now turn these grasslands into more deserts, drier, not as much rain. 
So the mushroom slowly vanished. And what, what, was, what was once once a week partaken in was once every full moon and then once a year. And you know, the funny thing that happens with, with stuff like this, you, know, you don't have a refrigerator or hermetic jars 200,000 years ago, 150,000 years ago to keep stuff, you know, um, A, potencies affected with mushroom livelihood, and B, just the quality and, you know, what you're consuming and how much mold has, it, has attacked at it. So anyway, the, the uh, substance of use and preserving things in early humanity like this was honey. You, you preserve things in honey. Honey's got a ton of miracle stuff to it. Um, antimicrobial, antibiotic, it's got all sorts of honey, great stuff. And it never rots. You can put anything in it and it'll, it'll never rot. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's got so many great qualities. But anyway, it has a couple of bad qualities. <laughs> and and what, what that is, when it ferments, it turns into meat alcohol. So when they were trying to preserve this mushroom, this holy sacrament, so that, you know, in, in between these long dry spells, that it was still there for the shamans and for the people of the tribe that still like to consume it on a regular basis. Well, once you start playing around with fermented honey, you have alcohol. Mm -hmm. And so this male ego falls into place. And this is this fall from grace. The Bible tells the story of, of Adam and Eve, and, and that's, in, in my eyes, just a total bluff on what really happened, because the apple was the mushroom, and the you serpent know, I, was I, I read the actual true like God. That, man. It, it, if you look at Christianity and the Western world religions, God has a face. God is up in the clouds. You know, God has a spear. Where in reality, that you know, God doesn't have a face. God isn't a person. You know, we personify him. And the reason that was done and fell in that accord was so that we looked at our authorities in the same light, where if we mess up, we will be punished. That and that sense. we better fall into place or we will burn into hell. If you don't do what we say... And whatnot, so they put a face on God and, and kind of established the authority that way. But this meat alcohol issue drops the. I mean, you guys have done alcohol, and listen, alcohol is a good time. Okay, I, I still go out and have drinks now and then. Hey, and, you know, some people that have this addictive thing of they can't stop and they have 10, 10 beverages. That's crazy. That's an issue, and you should completely get it out of your system. Um, hey, and, Kirk. Psychedelics are a great way to deal with that too, but but mushrooms have a completely different quality. So over a, over the next fifty thousand years, instead of doing mushrooms every other weekend, we're doing alcohol now. Yeah. And then what happens? We have this agricultural revolution where we figure out we don't have to go on these big expeditions to hunt or follow cattle because we can grow grains and grasses. And we have abundance now of food. Kirk. You don't need to do anything, right? Kirk. And, the, and so you start putting walls up. This is my grain tower, not yours. You know? Hey, you Kirk. Start having, attacking people because of, of this possession of Hey, of Kirk. Yeah. Hey, uh, Andrew wants to pitch in something. Hey, Kirk. Yeah. Um, what, what's yeah. your... Um, I have a theory that um, 
that I've I've had assumptions as well too that the the so-called apple, the the forbidden uh, fruit uh, from the tree, this this metaphorical tree, right? Um, it was some form of psychedelic, some form of mushroom, etc. Um, but the reason why the Lord had said not to eat of that because um, uh, for then you'll know knowledge of good and evil. And basically, I, I theorize that that's translated into your third eye will be open and, um, and, and you'll be deceived. You'll, you'll come to think of yourself as, as a God. And that's basically the lie in, in, in Gnosticism and in the Kabbalah. That's what the serpent deceived um, uh, Lucifer, uh, the serpent Lucifer, you know, the bright star, the morning star, the, the all-seeing eye for us. Lightbringer, yeah. The, yeah. the third eye, the all-seeing eye, right? You know, that, that infamous eye that we see in the background in, in Hollywood movies, music videos. But that's basically what he tempted Adam and, and Eve to, to eat because you're... Your eyes will be open. You'll you'll believe yourself to be God. So why do you need God whenever you you yourself you are a God? And in the Old Testament, the Lord had talked about how um, it's uh, it's abomination to get involved in witchcraft, sorcery, astrology, and uh, and uh, pharmacia or drugs and and stuff like that. You know, so that's why. With the uh, with explicit use of, of of any form of with of any medication, anything that that alters your brain waves, you know that um, that that medicates you. I've always, um, I mean, I think that there's a deep biblical, not only biblical but a historical root on why that's always been considered an an abomination, uh, specifically in the eyes of the Lord, because. Um, because you thus compromise your consciousness, and so you place yourself on another plane of existence. And, and even Juan was telling a story to me before we got you on the podcast, him saying that, yeah, sometimes whenever I did too much or, or a bad trip, you know, I, I would, you know, there'll, there'll be entities. Or what did you say, Juan? Entities that, that you would... Well, let me ask you this, Kirk. Have you ever had a trip where you, you feel you've met another entity or something? Yeah. Fine. I... I... I have strange experiences all the time on DNT. So, so um, in other words, Kurt, how would you caution week. people to like, I mean, how would you caution people to like, hey, use psychedelics for enlightening, but not, but then again, if you go down this route, that could endanger your soul, you know? Man, my hands still shake before I do DNT or before I do mushrooms. Same. My hands still shake because I know how powerful it can be one way or the other. Yeah. So I, so let's just, Let's talk about how it's done, and, and then I can go where I'm going with this. So if you just munch on them, you know, you've got five to ten grams in a bag, and you're just going to munch them down with some OJ or stuff. Um, you've got about an hour before the trip starts. And that's the, that's the critical time, man, of how you can how you can shit where you're at, you know, mentally during that will dictate where the trip goes. Yeah. So, like, most of your personal work and, like, actual like you know you've got these layers of consciousness in, mm -hmm. in this top surface layer that you can bring this full awareness to if you want to it's during that time that we can work on on that 
And I, I never just do a trip to do a trip. I, I mean, I have, right? I, and it's, I've been there, but I, I've come to realize that this is a spiritual journey and that these are some form of sacrament that, that lead us to experiences we can't gain otherwise. I, 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 have, squ- I have a bunch of animals, right? And um, I, snakes, first off, to go back on the point you hit, Long before the serpent was a negative thing, it was a symbol of rebirth, right? The, the uh, Ouroboros, the snake eating its tail, the, where the infinity symbol comes from. Um, so this is, the snake was actually a very holy animal, a very holy symbol before it was uh, transcribed then into an evil entity. Um, but anyway, back to my animals. So I, I, I have a tank of communal scorpions. Whoa. Arizona bark scorpions. I, I ordered a couple of years ago, I, I ordered eight females. You know, you can like select a drop down online for, for male or female. And anyway, I looked in there one day and it had, it was, one of them had a bunch of babies on your back. So one of them came as a male. It's hard to sex a scorpion, right? So anyway, I, 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 I kind of do two kinds of trips. I, I do a, a naked bed, no music, no lights mushroom trip, and, and then I, I do a different kind of trip where, where it's more of a philosophical uh, quandary, where, where I have a topic that's going into the trip that I'm going to further examine under a, a, an influence state to see how it changes, just for curiosity and for sake of the examining of my knowledge base. But anyway, I'm able to watch these. During, I, we have a podcast room, too, and uh, the scorpions are right in the, right in the middle. And I enjoy putting crickets in there and watching their behavior. Because these little scorpions run around, chase crickets, they'll grab one with one paw, and then they'll look for the next. They'll even, like, every time, this happens every time, they all try to steal from each other. So you run into these situations where you got three or four crickets all holding on to each other's crickets with the other claw, right? So it's, the point, point in this story is that we are somehow like, it, 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 you know, initially flawed in this in this sense of, of ego and, and mind and yours and all this stuff. And the mushroom has has somehow allowed that, at least in my life and in the life of a dozen or so people I know, hold us in the direction of consciously able to make better decisions in life and how we live and how conscious we are on a daily basis. So that little scorpion in there doesn't have a mushroom that he can take to change his natural behavior, but we do. And and I wouldn't be anywhere where near where I'm at now without it. So I, I listen. I'm all for stories, and the Bible's got a lot of cool stories. But the, the story of Adam and Eve is history's first drug bust. That's history's first time of saying you shall not eat anything other than what we tell you that there's some things that are off limits why should that be and you run into all sorts of philosophical conundrums with the whole subject of an omnipotent god giving us the choice yet putting it right in front of us uh challenging us with it and i i can see both sides to it but the mushroom is actually this sacrament that we're looking for and that's the reason that we all feel the need to consume something that, you know, other, some, you know, some animals eat, 
fermented cantaloupe and, mm. and uh, reindeer uh, almanita mascara, right? The red and white mushroom of, of folklore. But a humans addict to a dozen, two dozen different things. It's like we're wired for something that we're missing. And it is this symbiotic relationship with the mushroom that I believe is. And that's what this, this longing and this earning to experience, a, a, you know, something. And that's why we addicted so many things, because we're trying to find that. But the mushroom, because it had that huge part of our history, it, it is somehow this is coming home now. And it's now reemerging to be legal again. And research is able to be done, and, and we're seeing this amazing stuff that's done with depression, right? With St. Johns Hopkins up in Seattle. I um, mean, there's all sorts of legal studies now. You got to realize, for the last 30 years, most psychedelics have been off limits for even scientists. They've said, no way. We just, you, it's too dangerous. You can't even study it. I mean, that's just, uh, that's it. So that's we kind of. Right? You can't have it. A scientific community of, of examining nature and, and have one thing off limits. That's not fair. But it's coming back in, into, into our realm of where we're at, and it's at the perfect time because this is when we need it. This is somehow going to bring us back into nature. We talked earlier about this transhumanism agenda. I, I don't agree that's where we should go. Mushrooms would pull us back to a more tribalistic community where you, instead of big cities, you know, in cookie-cutter jobs and in little cookie-cutter apartments, you have com small communities of 20 to 30 people that have their roles, where everyone knows each other and c considers everyone family. Um, you know, it, we live in such a high-strung world, and there's so much noise when we really should just plug back into nature. I mean, how many people really go out and experience nature anymore? It's, it's highly, and it's it's rare for someone to be really familiar with the woods and able to survive out there. I, I'm no expert, but I, after my, my graduation in high school, I spent two weeks in the woods. It's kind of this intro. Um, was, I got the concept from a, a shamanistic talk by uh, either Ron Doss or, or Alan Watts. I can't remember. But where they talked about a South American tribe putting their young men out in the woods on, on high psychedelics and leaving them alone and defend for himself. He either comes back a man or he doesn't come back. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, it was a, a crazy, crazy experience. And you get, if you've been, ever been out in the woods and, and had long periods of silence, um, it, it's a very meditative and psychedelic thing in and of itself. But um, we need these, like, these are things we're missing. I think we agree on that, Kirk. And I think what Drew was asking, we kind of veered off topic, but what he wants to know is, we agree we need psychedelics, or some people should, well, but not, what, 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 what would you suggest for people to like arm themselves or, or be able to come into the psychedelic state and, and not, not make yeah, well, it break their mind well, or something? I mean, for one yeah, thing, well, I, listen, I wouldn't say that we necessarily need psych psychedelics. I think... I mean, we can reach um, uh, we can reach the so-called effects or the so-called benefits that mushrooms offer. We can reach that through natural uh, uh, meditative processes. You know, uh, psychedelics or mushrooms 
um, that's probably just just one tool. I mean, it, it couldn't be used as a tool, but you know, but Listen, but I mean, have, like, have you meditated like we got so far in life, uh, supplement and then meditated on supplement. No, like no. you can but, keep it on but also, Kurt, you know, we it, got so listen, far in life through through logic and rational thinking, though, Kurt, and psychic mushrooms or whatever DMT that 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 completely makes us vulnerable to to to. I mean, like in other words, we we talk, we work, we 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 go out and hunt and and make food. Everything that we do that that we progressed in life is because of logic and rational thinking. Uh, and so what Terrence McKenna was talking about in that first video that Juan played, I mean, a lot, the whole video I didn't agree with at all is because this guy, I, I think in this video, he was being too far, too far into this enlightenment stuff, too far into the psychedelic stuff. Whenever, you know, society, you know, society is the result of male dominance or the so-called male ego. I mean, that's, that, that's what men need, war. I mean, that's how we're all being protected today because of, because of you know um, these these qualities that that strong leaders had, you know. But but now we see those roles, those genders being compromised, and now that'll that'll uh, that'll contribute to the demise of of society. Not psychedelics. It's not that we need psychedelics. What we need to come down to is a basic biological root and understanding of, of about who we are. And that's through understanding our roles in, in society, but but like progressing this far, it wasn't through psychedelics. It was because we were sober-minded. It was because we were rational and and, and, and logical, you know. Um, so I mean, doing psychedelics, we, we can't work machinery. We can't do our jobs whenever whenever we're, we're high on DMT. That's only for maybe a little bit of pleasure on the side. But then again, we also do live in this five sense world, you know, in, in, the, in this third dimension, tangible stuff. You know, psychedelics, that'll be more relevant if, if, if we lived in heaven. But since like we live here on earth where tangible matter and so forth, we, we got to be more in keen, uh, more in tune, keenly aware of our senses. Because, I mean, whenever we're on psychedelics or mushrooms or tripping, we are really vulnerable to, to any outside, um, you know, I mean, let's say we're tripping in our house. That's the perfect time for a robber to come and, and, and steal our stuff because we can't defend ourselves whenever, whenever our mental faculties are being compromised. You know, so in the spiritual realm, I think that's what leaves us really vulnerable to these entities. I think you're contradicting yourself, Drew. What are you saying, that psychedelics are wrong or...? No, and I'm I'm not I'm not contradicting myself. I'm just saying that 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 we don't need them. But you're gonna take some. You you take psychedelics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, because well, what I said what I said is that is, is that we don't need them. I I'm mean, not saying you know, we need them. I but like the, I think what we're saying well, is there a and, and they're not for everyone. I agree that they're not for everyone. Yeah, but and, that, and it all comes part down of a, to a balance too. You could though. say the broader psychedelic community in Oregon, and there's way more people that have come out for the better than there is the worst. And some of the the best people I know became who they are and who, you know, I appreciate about them through psychedelic experiences. Yeah, kind of shake you up. That can't, sure that can't also be like the only solution. Like No, I mean, we're not saying like, that, Drew. We're saying it's a tool. Yeah. A tool, a -tool, we tool can yeah, use. yeah. And that's, that, that's what we all agreed on. Yeah. yeah, that's what we all agreed on that, you know, but... 
I mean, again, it's it, it's not compulsory. It's not necessary. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that it's a tool that you can and, use. And, and but also, it, ta- it takes a mature mind. It takes a, a mature audience. It takes understanding to, to actually do this. Because cause whether whether you know it or not, whether you're aware of it or not, you do, you do on a spiritual level, you do compromise your safety. You know, because right now we're on this room where other entities aren't so hey our, our minds and our bodies can, can't be hijacked but whenever we whenever our our, our brain waves modify and, and we go down to lower lower state and so forth um we 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 go into different realms different different dimensions and this this is where these entities are so what are you saying like i don't understand what are you saying that you, so to- in other words it takes balance of course, it, it takes it takes understanding and balance, you know. Yeah. But um, I mean, I, I think psychedelics they're they're only used for a certain way, a certain tool. But I mean, they you, you can't just say psych- psychedelics are the answer. No, like, we're not saying know, that. We keep like we saying all, that it's like a tool. we all have to do that. No, because, no, we're not I mean, saying that. We're I mean, saying like like bro, like like civil, civilization. Yeah, I am saying that, but I appreciate the counter argument. Let me say it like this though. Um, let's say I have a, a fish tank in front of me, which I'm staring at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if I put on some, uh, you know, blue blue light blocker sunglasses, it looks differently. If I put on some sunglasses, it looks differently. If I put on my actual eyeglasses, I see everything a little bit sharper. I want all those angles to formulate then a comprehensive analysis of what's going on in front of me. So you want as much data from different sources? Yeah, but but then and again, like like those are glasses though. Your your real eyesight sees that see through fish thing. Those are only glasses that you're wearing though. You know, like I mean, in I, other words, I, in other words, there's only there's only one there's only one reality. Then the reality I'm standing in now, similar to the lucid dreaming experiences I've had, things are sharper and seem more real in high dose trips yeah. than normal reality is. I, I have a theory that we're basically in a dream now and that when we are dreaming is real it's the real world. I mean there's fun. But, but then again you know, but then again that's all a theory in the head though. What we're talking about is the real world, tangible matter, common sense, the the table is there, the sky is blue, the, the grass is green. In order for us to function well in society, make our money uh, I'm not uh, disagreeing, man. I like, you know, you know, you know we all got to like, we we be sober-minded. In other words, we, huh? we all got to be sober and common common sense and rational, but we can't be drinking or like high on drugs or something like that because then we, we can't function. See, well. but you're contradicting yourself, Drew, because later you're going to go out and get drinks tonight. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm just be doing this at my condo where I'm safe and well whenever I'm not working. So not, so not, I'm not contradicting myself. No, I, but I just see, only do it at certain times right, whenever right. I got to write, right? But I'm not going to do it right now or like at, out elsewhere. And, and if I do go out and drink, I don't get shit face or anything like that. No, but what we're you saying know? is that there are two. I think you're saying. I think you keep saying that we need them. We don't need them. There's like we're saying, there are tools to be used at a certain time and place for mm-hmm. personal growth. But yeah, like we said, there's also people who do it just to to and get also messed with up. Wisdom. And I, I'm basing everything I'm saying off of previous versions and current versions of, of shamanistic uh, cultures, where the shaman is the one that's that's exploring hyperspace and bringing back information and to help others and, Sorry, and to yeah. you know be able to, to see what the weather is going to be and where the animal is going to be and 
and how to heal someone and use you know the shadow magic in a beneficial way. Can it be used in a in a you know evil way? Again, it's a hammer. You can hit a nail or you can hit a skull. It, mm-hmm. It's it's a tool. I've yeah. seen more people come out though for the better than the worse. So that means something to me. Have I seen people shattered by what they see in there and they're never the same? I've one or two maybe in in a 15 years of usage where they're so messed up afterwards that they aren't the same. Sure, there's always outliers. Most of the time it's because they're on medications and when you start combining substances or, you know, you do five different, you know, ketamine, MDMA, and mushrooms and they come out fried, right? Um, But if you... Yeah, and, and I'm not a fan of mixing other than an MAOI with DMT, uh, as an ayahuasca, you know, a, um, a substance that turns off, turns off an enzyme to, uh, to keep the DMT active. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you shouldn't be mixing stuff. Most people yeah. mix everything with alcohol. Smoking weed a lot of time is a, is, isn't abused. Anything that's not bettering yourself is an abusive situation with it. That, mm-hmm. Most of the time happens with food. Fasting is one of the best things that's ever happened to me because it's taught discipline. And discipline is what this world needs more of. And you can say that's taking away the male ego or you can say that's just practicing better discipline with the male ego. Discipline muscle is, is what's going to progress us. I, I love the Christian stories. I, you know, I, I can relate to, to JC. I, I don't think he was a real person because it's very little evidence of, of him, but I'm not, I, I like the idea of, of the Son of God because we are all this, this image of God. But the Eastern mysticism and, and getting into that led me to, to the psychedelic edge. And yeah, the yeah, golden yeah that's where it all yeah. comes from, though. Yeah, New Age religion, uh, uh, New Eastern mysticism, uh, all that, that's where it comes from. And most of those books that they write, uh, yeah, yeah, these people, they're, uh, these people promote psychedelics, uh, witchcraft, sorcery and stuff. And, and these are people saying that, hey, uh, uh, yeah. we, we, all, we all want this new world order, this New Age religion promoted and this will be promoted through psychedelics through through astrology no, and and because, because and it also I, says listen, that and it also says that the christians the drug and jesus want. christ that they that, tried that they're the all the enemy in though the 60s to, to because bro, they're both the enemy LSD though that's what it says it says bro that they're oh. both the enemy christianity christians and jesus christ it says that these people are the people in the way of a new world order so so basically psychedelics all that comes from the new age religion you know, so that's what I'm saying. Uh, diving into stuff. Hey, yeah, I'm about to do acid later on tonight, but you got to be spiritually aware and ground yourself. But but to say that that we need it. Or, We're not saying that. that you, no, no. Why he he is though. Not you, bro. But he is though. So basically, to say. Hold on. That, let me ask him, Kirk. Do you, are you saying that every person in the world needs to take psychedelics? In the real world has been run without psychedelics for the last. Let's just say. Let's just look back a hundred years. And we're not really going in the right direction. So this is at least a fresh opportunity of something that hasn't been looked at. And again, I've seen more people become more conscious of themselves for the betterment of their spiritual journey and of their relationship with the material world and and family. I've seen more people come out ahead tenfold than come out behind. 
So to me, that's firsthand experience. That's all I can go off of because there's not enough studies and information, large scale, to see it, you know, and pay for that stuff. But um, it's just one of those things, man. I, I can understand if you know you dis- want to disagree. I get this argument all the time. It can be done on the nat, done on the natural. I've been doing transcendental meditation for the last decade. Big fan of it. Really enjoy it. Okay. Now, have I been able to get to a state like like I'm able to get into five to ten grams of mushrooms? Nowhere near that. And there's holy men in, in India and in China that they practice their whole lives and they can't get there. So if it's if there's something that can get you there that's not bad for you in the sense of of the body, DMT is an even trippier one because we produce it naturally. That's actually part of how reality works and dream states work and, and what death and the afterlife concept would be about the dumping of DMT from the pineal gland at, at the moment of separation. Well, with all that said, let, let's, let's go off psychedelics because as much as I love them, um, they're just a piece of the puzzle. Let's go into Eastern mysticism. I know we had some questions drawn up on that stuff. You guys do with that or anything else on psychedelics do you want to talk about? Uh, well, let's see. I actually had a couple of things written down here. Um, oh, I guess when was the moment that you started waking up? Uh, was it before psychedelics that you started realizing that there's more than just the uh, 9 and 5 routine? I'll, I'll say this. The, the first eye-opening moment that kick-started kind of... I, I mean, you got to realize I'm a super trippy person. Um, like, I, I just enjoy a trippy vibe kind of a futuristic, contemporary boho kind of thing, you know, with lights and, and moths and palms and shit. But I was, when I was maybe seven, eight years old, I trusted my parents. I looked up to them, really looked up to my dad, right? And one day, maybe a month before Christmas, you know, I'm seven, eight years old, first grade, second grade, I, I can't remember, but the, the Santa Claus conversation came up. And I said, you got to be shitting me. You lied to me. <laughs> You're going to tell me the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny, same thing? Yeah, unfortunately, those guys aren't real either. Okay, well, what about JC? What about God? You know, I had all these questions. So I said, if you can lie to me and, and convince a population of young, young people out there about some guy that crawls down the chimney, I'm going to go one side note on this and I'll wrap that story up. So Santa Claus, red and white suit reindeer, presents, coming down the chimney. Where did this story come from? Right. It actually comes from a, a Siberian psilocybin cult, where on the winter solstice, so the winter solstice starts on the 23rd and goes through the 26th, where the sun stops moving in its daily path. So the psilocybin cult in Siberia this time of the year has their shaman go out and collect Amanita Mascara, the same mushroom we touched on earlier, the the red mushroom with the white dots, the mushroom of folklore. So he goes out and he picks these mushrooms. These people up there herd reindeer. It's what they do. So there's the reindeer symbol right there. He then goes on to go to every hut, or a Torah is what they call them up there, 
these little round little cave things they, they go in and at that time of the year the snow's too deep so you just enter in through the hole in the top of this yurt so this shaman goes on after spending the day picking amanita mascara to then delivering the amanita mascara each household and his tribe hangs them over the fire stockings mm-hmm. right so they dry so that in the morning they can be consumed in a holy sacrament at this special time of the year. So that's the actual root of this Santa Claus story. Now, they tied in St. Nick to J.C. Birth to this Siberian psychedelic. They meshed it all into one you know, big optical illusion to, to move on capitalism and go buy gifts. But point being is, is like that right there. Why are they referencing this? I mean, it's just a strange, strange thing. Um, I can't remember. What, what was that going on before that, man? Uh, shit. No, I was just asking when you came to your awakening. And similar to me, right. I woke up. The Santa when... Claus story. Yeah, yeah, the Santa Claus. So at that point, I realized that reality is only what you're told it is. Because your assumptions are based off these Lego bricks of knowledge most of which have not been your own. They've been laid down by parents who, who were laid down by their parents and, and their educations. So we could, listen, flat earthers, I love their dedication and devotion to such a weird, cringe thing. Don't believe it. I, there's enough proof out there that you can do on your own to, to disagree with that notion. But we could live, be living in some sort of big lie. We, you know, something like that could happen just by proving with the Santa Claus story. If you convinced people their whole life and never told them there wasn't a Santa Claus, and you preach it with the notion of you better believe or you won't get your presence, and you better believe or you won't go to heaven, like these things, is, the, the God I believe in doesn't make me do something to salvation. <laughs> uh, it, it's things like this. It's just psychological uh, things that you can reflect on. So my awakening started with the Santa Claus story because I realized that reality is only what I've been told it is until I further experience and I can rearrange my knowledge base to examine and, re- and have a different outlook on the world. Uh, mushrooms started, I smoked weed in freshman year in, in high school did alcohol around the same time, I clearly perceived the difference. Um, I, I'm an artist and, I, you know, marijuana has always been nearby. Um, I somehow was able to, in college, I, I over-consumed marijuana because it somehow helped me take tests better. Long story short, at, at mushrooms were junior in high school. I've always been different. I was born in Saudi Arabia, born and raised over there, actually. Really? I was born in 89, 89 in Ras Saudi Arabia, um, and lived there till 99. I was 10 years old. So I, I wasn't, like, you couldn't, movies weren't allowed over there. Um, you know, I wasn't around commercials. I had a different upbringing that then once I moved back, I saw right then and there how messed up things were where I was. Women had to cover their face, couldn't drive. Um, you know, you had all these 
backwards thing. And the Middle East has made a lot of progress in recent years, but there's still a lot of aspects of that culture that are pretty far backwards. But it's tied into a religion, so you can't really do anything about it um, from a, a global perspective because people are mistreated because of their culture. Is that our job to go out there and change the world? Uh, that's a whole nother discussion, and I don't have a good answer. With that said, that allowed me to have a different perception and get a fresh look on culture. Terrence McKenna says it best with, no culture is your friend. Mm -hmm. They're all trying to get something for themselves out of it, right? So it's, it's, it's understanding that, that we are in this state of, of a mass hallucination where somehow your reality and what you do and your decisions echo on mine. And somehow what I do and think echo on yours. Now, most of the time with distance and we're just average Joe's having a conversation on the phone. So there's not any crazy waves in, in you know, time and space or whatnot. But still, it's like we are in a cultural hallucination. And that's how we see the world. We see it through the eyes of our culture. Well, if you can step back from culture and see it through a fresh lens, you're going to see the world differently. It, in, in the aspect of, so I'm going to tell a quick thing, because this is huge to how I think and how I act and, and everything about, when you talk about awakening, it might be the biggest aha moment was quantum physics and particle wave duality, where they set up an experiment where they were shooting photons at a, through two slits in an apparatus, and then there was a back wall piece of paper. So firing photons out of this gun, only the photons that hit the open area in the slits made patterns on the back wall piece of paper. Makes sense, like you're shooting a BB gun. And only the, the shots that made it through the slit show up as a hole on the back piece of paper. You guys still with me? Yeah. Okay, so, and I don't, I don't know the story exactly how, why they did this or whose logic it was, but then they said, well, hey, listen, let's have this, this photon shooter happen randomly in the middle of the night when no one's there. With reality behaves way different when it's not being observed. Instead of seeing two lines of holes in that back piece of paper, they see a wave refractionary pattern where there's big dark waves first and then a slightly lighter one six inches away and then slightly lighter ones another six inches away where those photons weren't acting as BBs. They were acting as a wave potential. And it wasn't until they were observed by that back piece of paper that they snapped into place and then had to make a decision of where they were going to be at. Quantum is very, uh, very strange thing to, to the science community because it's, it's, it's very out there. It just is. How can an object be at two places at once? If you, if you heat up an atom over here, the one over here heats up as well without time occurring between the two. So it's, with that said, that's where I said, aha, we do have some divine interaction with this state uh, in place in, in, in space and time, where what I believe and what I see 
I truly believe all you have to do is believe in something 100% and it'll come into to fruition. And I'm sure you've seen The Secret, the documentary that talks about vision boards and, and people focusing their thoughts on a daily basis on things they desire and end up getting them. Um, I, I have had experiences with vision boards and those things happening. Um, I saw one just the other day. Um, I have a German Shepherd dog sitting next to me here, and I have a mini storage that has shit from my whole life in it. My parents moved to Hawaii and threw a bunch of shit in there, and I threw a bunch of shit in there before college and after college. Anyway, I was cleaning it out the other day, and I saw a vision board with a German Shepherd dog on it. And it's like, boom. It's like no time has, has lapsed, and I have one of those things on my board. Point being is that if you want something and put your mind on it, the universe somehow conspires to make it happen. So, so back to this wave, wave pattern, in a video game, let's say you're in a first-person shooter, and you have that view right in front of you. Well, the rest of it, it's not simulated because it doesn't need to be. It's just black, and it's code prepared to snap into place when you turn that direction and look. So we all are, have tunnel vision, and reality somehow has a divine relationship to snapping into place based off an observer. Now, does this happen with animals? It sure looks like it. Everything's got some slice of consciousness that has its own, you think of how a bat sees the world. It, you know, they're blind and deaf and they have echo sonar and they experience a completely different place. We only see in a fraction of the color wavelengths that are available out there. So it's like we're only seeing what, the tip of the iceberg of what truly is. Um, and that's why I like the Hindu and, and, and you know, concepts of even Gnosticism. Listen, I, I've I'm probably more Gnostic than I've ever been, but there's a concept in Gnosticism where you are honoring God by gaining new introspective knowledge, which, again, when you say introspective knowledge, it's like conversations inside about what you know and how you think about it, how you think to it. We should examine every aspect of our lives and see if we can improve anywhere. Listen, I, I'm the first to say, you can become spiritual ego over the top. People that think they have the right way, or their God's better, that they're super holy. You know, it's like, you don't want that ego either, but you should in every action you do. Does this make me better? Does this make someone else better? Or is this harmful? And, and if you live your life that way, things, you're happier, and, and you're making progress. I don't believe this accident, you know, slime mold that turned into a multi-celled animal, that turned into a, you know, a cricket, turned into a monkey, that turned into a person, random planet, random place. We're somehow on a, a journey here. It's the only way to explain some of these things, like the moon. Why is the moon the perfect size of the sun? The odds of it lining up that way where it seems to us the same exact size, like when we experience an, an eclipse, they're so astronomical that it, it's, it's, it's psychological somehow, this world we live in. It's mental. And that's what mysticism is really based on, that it's a mental world 
not a physical world. And that's what quantum physics, our sharpest, you know, tool in science to look at the small world, that's what it shows us. The reality somehow is, is divinely related to what we see. It's only there snapped into place because of observation. So what's that tell you there? It's, it's we're somehow this, this holy entity interacting in a holy world. Um, and, and that just gives me, it gives me hope on this because that the, the Brahmin would, wouldn't just let a system get out of control and, and lose, lose this beautiful thing. We're, we're in a divine timing and things look like it's going to get terribly ugly. But as soon as we come back to nature and come back to, to our true spirit and acting on those things, like that's when things are going to improve until we can each identify with our faults and improve our behaviors, how much you sleep, how much water you drink, how much you meditate, whatever your choice is to, to have introspection and deeper analysis on, on your knowledge bricks and, and, and on your understanding and your emotions on, on this world and, and on reality. It, we each have a piece to play. And you're me and I'm you. And we're just all on different uh, parts of the journey. And as much as I'd love to say that, that our species is, is going to come back and, and reclaim itself and, and be this prodigal son story that left nature, that, that fucked around for a while, but then understood where our place was and where we belonged. I, I love that story, and I think that's where we'll go, back to these protectors of the biosphere, the, the ones that are capable of throwing a, a subnuclear explosion up in, in the sky to knock out a, a rock line you know, through, through space that could potentially wipe out a bunch of life. But it's a double-edged sword with that technology, and, and it takes some, some teasing around it to get it right, but... We see it already, and I see it a ton in psychedelic culture, which is, and, and even with some of the, the newer music with more of a, a tribal beat, more drums as of, you know, in recent decades, rave culture, these things are signs of us wanting and going into, back to our more tribal roots. And these are good things. They're not bad things. The whole notion of the hippie generation that you know happened in the 60s and 70s, man, they had it right, and it will go back to that. Peace and love is the solution. And I don't mean to be like cliche there, but make love not war. Like that's a concept I can buy into. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's valid. Well, Why did they shut it down so quick? Because people didn't want to go get jobs and work the nine to five. It was a rebellious, rebellious act against culture, against authority. So they shut it down and they threw the bag over all psychedelics. It was the uh, near relative act. Anything that kind of looked like this kind of molecule, banned, illegal, can't mm -hmm. even study it. Mm -hmm. So it just showed that it's not because our government was looking out for our health and safety. Right. 
because our government wants to control how we think, behave, and see the world so they can keep it set up like they want it to. Mm-hmm. That's what, when we see these, you know, you have the uh, Illuminati idea and this all CNI society. If, if it does exist and if there is some deeper knowledge, I, I lean towards this idea that they know we're in a mass hallucination and that they just have to tell us how to think and see the world and that's how it is. Which it's just using a, the, the same concept that, that I just identified and, and what I understand as, as, as truth, which is my reality is, is I see it this way, your reality is see it that way. Different people, different time, different lenses. But when we when it's all combined, it spits out a picture of the world, and that's what how we're seeing it. That's what it looks like on the news. That's what the average Joe sees it by. Um, so it is abused in, in some sense, and subconscious and commercials and stuff like. Yeah, it's it's definitely it's something again a hammer, hammer and nail or hammer and skull. It's both sides of the coin, right? Yeah, I agree. But yeah, this is amazing, man. I, I can tell you've done a lot of McKenna reading and listening because you, you spit a lot of his knowledge. And it's just amazing that me and you had the discussion because through the internet, we're able to meet. And not because of what we wear or the car we have or how much money we make, but because of the ideas that we have. We came together because of the things that you believe in and the things that I believe in are kind of on that path of, of personal growth and maybe enlightenment or just helping others raise their consciousness and that's what that's what we're trying to do and and i, I guess uh the other guys left but w- what i want to say is that andrew i guess he gets this idea that that psychedelics are evil but no i think like you said they're a tool and you can be it can be abused or used as a sacred thing and i just want to thank you for coming out here brother you we, we we're gonna do this again because i had a lot of questions for you and we didn't even touch up on those Man, we have such like a great way to have oh. like a conversation and you have a great For sure. way of talking and stuff. i appreciate it yeah i'll just wrap it up with saying that that it's conversations like this where progress can be made and seeds can be planted right right so i i guess we're gonna close up we did two hours this is long our longest podcast brother i love it podcast, we're gonna do it again i'm gonna have you on again and um as we close i just want you to share something with us for people that they can carry with them that'll help them either grow or, or, or have a positive thought or just something that they can take with them as a, I don't know, a token of love or something. What, what would you say to share with the people? The spiritual journey. And that's unique to you. Whatever your spiritual journey is, follow the path. I, I love it, brother. So um, do you want to give out your name for your Instagram so people can come check you out and ask you questions or, or if they want to follow you or anything like that? Absolutely. A uh, uh, spiritual page is Neighborhood Shaman, Exotic Animal page, Fingertail. Send me those. I'll, I'll, I'll just go with those two. I'm a huge Instagram guy. I like Instagram just from the aspect that each of my pages, I can have content customized for that page. So mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, having dog pictures and then spiritual posts <laughs> right. and then, yeah. you know, naked women, you know. Right. Uh, so anyway, Neighborhood Shaman, follow, and uh, everyone enjoy the evening. Thanks for listening. So yeah, I'm going to put those on the show notes, but uh, I'm going to close out with this song that I actually found today, and I kind of liked it. It's like a rapper, 
his, his name is Post Traumatic, I'll spell it, P-O-S-T, and then T-R-A-U-M-A-T-I-K. And the name of the song is Psychedelic Ascension. And, and I just want to thank you once again, brother, for, for coming on here. We're going to do it again for sure. And um, I, I love it. I love what you're doing. Just keep doing what you do. Uh, I'm reminded right now of this quote from uh, Gandhi. He says, whatever you do will be very insignificant, but it's very important that you do it. And I think that's the kind of mentality we should all have. We're not really anything important, but it's very important that what we do or what we feel, we bring it out and share it with others and, and hope to raise other people's consciousness. So thank you all, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Neighborhood Shaman, for being here. I hope you all have a great day, a week, and night. And uh, follow me on Instagram. I am truthinmedia, truth.in.media. Uh, you can ask me whatever you want. If you want to be on the show or talk, let me know. I'm, I'm open to talk to anybody. But yeah, so this is a song, Psychedelic Ascension. And remember, know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. So I'm going to play this song, uh, Kirk, and it's like about four and a half minutes. Stay with us. And uh, once I end the recording, uh, I want to ask you some questions and then we can go from there. So uh, all right, everybody here. This is post-traumatic psychedelic ascension.
Peace.